0: Here's the question that I have. Are you willing to stake your prosperity on the biases of politicians and the government's financial ability to rescue your particular bank? I think we have to take stock and inventory as to where we're at right now. And so from an investor point of view, if you had stock in SVB or Signature Bank, you saw your investments disappear literally overnight. Now, I'm not talking about the depositors that were shored up and guaranteed. I'm talking about the investments. And it's not just bank stocks that wipe out portfolios and wealth overnight. True success and happiness are all about freedom, and here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Prosperity has a poor memory, and if your prosperity is in the wrong assets, it's especially a poor memory. If your prosperity is in something that can disappear overnight, then the likelihood of that prosperity disappearing overnight is pretty good. If your prosperity is tied to a bank, stocks, or a job, your prosperity can vanish when one of those things fail, which is why you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably looking for more freedom in order to take that financial future into your own hands and even if you have some of that, how do we, you know, shore that up and and uh, create a position where we're more fortified if you will. So the recent turbulence in the banking industry illustrates my point exactly. March saw the collapse of two major banks, not new news, but we're gonna talk about this a little bit. The second and the third largest collapses in banking history. The third was on the verge of collapse before being rescued by some larger banks. It all started with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, as you know, SVB on March 10th, followed by the collapse of the New York-based Signature Bank a few days later. And there's obviously a bunch of reasons why all of that happened. But the reality is it's the system that we live in that's been built upon and built upon and built upon for a long period of time um, that is, you know, it's inevitable. We're we're going we're gonna to continue to face challenges. And at some point in time, we really have to begin to question Uh, the system itself, which there's not a whole lot we can do about, or make sure that we're getting on the right side of it. The SVB collapse was the second biggest failure, and the Signature Bank was the third biggest failure in U.S. banking history. These were the biggest bank failures since the financial crisis of 2008. And after the collapse of SVB and Signature Bank, a third bank, First Republic Bank, was on the brink of its own collapse before the group of the nation's biggest banks stepped in to shore up its deposits, including JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup, and wells Fargo and again, I just have to ask the question or pose the conversation at least every single time that there 's any kind of you know reset or we go through a challenging time. Um, The big banks get bigger. The big private equity groups get bigger. There's a consolidation that happens every time we see fractures in the system. And there's a part of me, let me put my tinfoil hat on for a second, um, that thinks that maybe, you know, some of this is designed when you look back to when, you know, the Federal Reserve was created, uh, which coincidentally also coincided when with income tax being set up, which also coincidentally coincided with the Great Depression starting. And then you just look at these different points over time. It's just weird that you know these consolidations seem to happen. And so is it just smart people taking advantage of the times? Maybe, which I would just challenge you as we're talking about this, maybe you should consider you know, what you need to do to take advantage of the times that we're in because maybe that's all it is. Maybe these guys just are positioned... Uh, maybe they're just really smart, and they take advantage of whatever comes. Or maybe there's, you know, some bigger thing happening behind the scenes. Either way, we need to figure out how to get on the right side of it and benefit. Uh, and if nothing else, again, you know, make sure that we're not in a position to lose our stuff overnight. So, interestingly, it was the founder of J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan himself, who staved off a couple of bank crises in his own time by shoring up the deposits of fellow banks on the verge of collapse in the early 1900s. So again, history repeats itself. The big just keep getting bigger. So again, I wanna challenge you, how do we get bigger and benefit in times of challenges, which could also be times of opportunity as the big banks have shown us, as the big PE groups have shown us. Um, the big just keep getting bigger. So the collapse of SBV started with a run on deposits when its depositors lost trust in the bank. Its depositors sensed trouble when the bank offered the sale of twenty billion dollars of securities to mitigate a sharp drop in deposits. This raised red flags among customers and started a run on the deposits. Customers withdrew their funds. Investors dumped its stock, and the bank was bust by Friday morning, with many employees facing job loss. What's crazy about this too is that you know a lot of this was caused by um, the bank itself being invested in longer term, you know, Treasury bonds and um, MBS type stuff that. you you know, and again, I don't want to get too off on this, but if they're invested in longer term bonds that we're paying, you know, 2%, 3%, and then the bond rates go to 4% or 5%, nobody's going to be buying those. And really, there's some rules in the tax code that these guys, well, people in general don't have to report um, unrealized losses. And so even though these bonds are not worth what they were, until they sell them at a loss, they don't have to report that. So when these You know, banks, SVB specifically, were invested in longer term, you know, five year, eight year, 10 year bonds, and and people find out that they're actually insolvent. That's where the the run really happened. But, um, you know, a lot of this is being caused by the same system that was cheap money for so long, and now we're raising interest rates. I I think we're going to see more of this but nobody like JP Morgan in 1907 was obviously there to rescue SVB and Signature Bank. And so the government pledged to make all the depositors whole beyond the FDIC insured maximum of 250,000. Perhaps no private party came to the rescue because they didn't believe in those banks, the viability of those banks due to the risky nature of their businesses. And by the way, I'm not blaming uh, this on the fed or the system itself. You know, the bank has plausibility in this, obviously, um, but, but again, at the end of the day, it's just part of the system that we're in. So we just have to understand it. That's all I'm really pointing out. So in the case of SBV, which catered to cash strapped startups and in the case of signature bank and primarily tech startups too, um, which, you know, we're seeing some fractures in the tech tech industry. Um, again, not to go off on a tangent here, but, um, some of the jobs reports were, were just released and we've had more tech layoffs in, in the last, um, 30 days, um, than we've had since, I think, um, 2001. So, you know, things are getting interesting. Now that being said too, it's on a number by number basis. And I also believe that there was probably, you know, 10, 15, I'm not making this number up, but I don't know how many multiples of tech hires were, have been made since, you know, 2020 and the tech explosion that followed COVID. Um, I'm sure it was a lot more, um, hires in the last three years than, than probably people that were, you know, even employed, or you know at least a big percentage um, in 2001 or whenever the uh, the data was comparing again. So I think we went through a binge of tech hires, and so yeah, of course you know if there's a five or ten percent reset, but the hires are a lot higher. The hires are a lot higher. Um, <laughs> it, then of course it's going to be a bigger you know number. The tech industry as a whole employing people is way way bigger. And, and so even though I'm not downplaying, you know, one, one job lost is, is challenging for that individual, but when there's so many more hundreds of thousands or millions of people employed in the tech industry than a previous benchmark, of course, the numbers are going to be higher. What we probably need to look at is a percentage basis. But anyway, that was a, a little tangent. So when we look at this, you know, no, pri- no private party came to the rescue because they didn't believe in those banks' vol- viability back in the day, this wouldn't have happened. But whereas banks typically loan to individuals and businesses to buy a house or fund a business, most of these loans were secured by real assets. In the case of SBB, which catered to cash-strapped startups, like I said, and in the case of Signature Bank, which served a lot of crypto firms, both of these are under, you know, extreme pressure right now. The loans to these types of companies were high risk because there's no tangible assets backing them up. So the recent bank failures offer a lesson in prosperity and how certain types of prosperity can be fleeting and how other types of prosperity can weather significant storms. So if your prosperity is kept in the form of cash in an institution like a bank or in the form of crypto at a crypto exchange, and those institutions can collapse overnight, then you should really reconsider where you're parking your wealth. The recent bank collapses and the collapse of the crypto exchange FTX made many customers wonder if it was a safe if it was safe at all to park their money anywhere. If not for a government friendly to Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley donors, customers with more than 250,000 in deposits would have seen their prosperity go up in smoke. What if there's a dozen bank collapses? And they, what if the government didn't have the resources to restore every dollar of every deposit? Well, um, you know, now in the day and age of just, you know, being able to just poke digits and and print um I, I don't know what that really looks like but it's almost counterproductive to them trying to battle inflation because if we just keep printing more and more money which uh, they're they're going to have to continue to do um unless we cut government spending and and budgets and and all of that which isn't going to happen i mean we might have a you know a financial reset in 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 the markets and, and we might have some challenges you know on main street but the reality is if the government's not going to stop spending money and we're gonna to go to World War III, um, we're not gonna quit printing money, so I don't know where this ends, but here's the question that I have. Are you willing to stake your prosperity on the biases of politicians and the government's financial ability to rescue your particular bank? I think we have to take stock and inventory as to where we're at right now. And so from an investor point of view, if you had stock in SVB or Signature Bank, you saw your investments disappear literally overnight. Now, I'm not talking about the depositors that were shored up and guaranteed. I'm talking about the investments. And it's not just bank stocks that wipe out portfolios and wealth overnight. It can happen to anything. Remember the financial crisis of 08, where the stock market lost half of its value almost overnight? That crash touched every single industry. Many prospective retirees who stored their prosperity in their 401ks saw half of their retirement funds vanish overnight, forcing many of them to continue working beyond their targeted retirement dates. And as a side note, I have had so many conversations with people lately who do not realize or did not know that if you've got money sitting in an old IRA 401k with an old job, you can roll that into a self-directed IRA and invest that in real estate notes, real estate itself, businesses, gold, silver. It's just crazy to me how many people don't know. Actually, it's not crazy how many people don't know. It's crazy to me that we're not taught this. And actually, as I'm saying that too, it's actually not crazy because the Wall Street cartel doesn't benefit from you having your money in a self-directed IRA invested in real estate or private businesses, etc. So I guess it's really not that crazy. And finally, if your prosperity is tied to your job, you can also see your prosperity overnight, as many SVB and signature bank employees found out, just gone. And generally speaking, if your only source of income is your job, it doesn't matter what you do for work. You can see your prosperity disappear overnight if you lose your job or you're no longer able to work. And this applies to the common laborer, the bank executive, athletes, and professionals alike. So what's your prosperity tied to? And this is a great time for me to just say here um, as we you know, kind of continue this on for a few more minutes and then wrap this up. We currently have a income fund, it's called the Wavemark Capital Income Fund, that are short-term 12 to 24 month notes that um, we are utilizing to buy manufactured homes. And again, they're 12 12 month notes paying 12%, 24 month notes paying 24%. They're guaranteed by the communities that we're lending to. And they're also backed by a title to a home once that home is manufactured and shipped. Um, this is a great example of something of, uh, well, nothing's guaranteed and nothing's recession proof. This is a great recession resistant, shorter term investment that's beating inflation. And if your investments right now, you know, there's market funds right now that are producing basically tre- treasury funds that are producing, you know, four and a half percent. But if inflation is seven, eight, nine percent, so they're saying six point something right now, I don't believe it. Um, if inflation is even, let's just say it is six and a half percent and you're getting four and a half percent, you're technically losing 2% on your money by having it sit there for six months or 12 months. And so there are, um, investments out there right now that are backed by real assets that are beating the market. If you're interested in that, text me the word passive to 480-531-7519, or shoot me an email at Mike at dot Just tell me you're interested in, uh, you know, investing Um, But anyway, what is your prosperity tied to? Smart investors don't hang their prosperity on something that can be fleeting. They seek out assets that are tangible, lasting, recession-resistant, and that generate a passive income that can compensate also for a job loss or a reduction in, in income. So what do these assets look like? Not stocks that can drop in value overnight. It's alternative assets not traded on a liquid public market that smart investors allocate to protect their prosperity. Smart investors allocate to specific segments of alternative assets like private company investments, i.e. private equity, venture capital, and real assets to grow and protect their wealth. These assets aren't traded on public markets. And by the way, the thing that I'm... I'm not anti-public market, but the reality is you have no control over the, the entities themselves, which you don't fully do on the private side either. But the reality is these private markets are less liquid, meaning, you know, when when somebody puts out a short or these, um, you know, day traders are, are are moving millions of dollars or these algorithms move something in a stock, these stocks go up and down, whether it was based on market fundamentals or not. And so private assets are not traded on public markets, like we said. And as a result, they're not vulnerable to market volatility that can wipe out portfolios in an instant. You know, literally, if you're not checking your portfolio on a regular basis, which who has time to do that unless you're a full-time trader, you could open up your portfolio and some algorithm could have busted your portfolio in a three-hour period. So we got to make sure that our portfolios aren't volatile and aren't exposed to this type of volatility. So smart investors have long coveted income-producing private businesses and cash-flowing real estate to protect their prosperity, the benefits of these assets can be summed up as follows. Low volatility, a hedge against inflation, passive income, appreciation, tax benefits, and the opportunity to leverage seasoned experts' time, experience, infrastructure, and knowledge through co-partnerships. Listen, at the end of the day, prosperity has a poor memory, as I already said, and can be fleeting if placed in the wrong places. But when hung on alternative cash-flowing assets backed by tangible assets, it can last like an elephant's memory. So again, I would just encourage you, um, you know, if you're looking for some alternative assets, not set against the public markets, not set in risky. And by the way, again, I love crypto. I've said this before, but just a small percentage of my portfolio. I'm not going to go all in with my hard-earned money, you know, in crypto, in these speculative investments. Do I put some money in the stock, you know, certain stocks? Sure. Um, but again, I do that through a self-directed IRA, self-directed 401k. Actually, in in, in my case, um, a self-directed qualified retirement plan. Um, but again, if you're interested in more of this, I actually have a free report at VelocityVenturePartners.com forward slash download. You can go get uh, the report that I did called Why Investors Prefer Private Placements. I think you'll like this. Um, it'll kind of continue to elaborate on this. And again. If you're looking to place your money um, in shorter term investments, we have an investment right now that is returning 12% for 12 months, backed by a guarantee from communities, the um, actual real estate, um, LLCs, and then um, have titles to homes as we set these manufactured homes. So pretty good place to park some cash for 12 months at 12% interest. Um, text the word passive to 480-531-7519 if you're interested in that. So As always, thanks for listening and let's go out there and make sure that our portfolios are shored up as much as possible in these uncertain times. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.